Top of Mason in San Francisco. I'm Schmitty, and this is Talking Schmidt. Today on the show, we got the author of the book, Top of Mason. That's right, kids, Walker Ryan. If you haven't got a copy of this book, pick it up. Hey, Walker's not just an author, he's a pro skater as well. Support for Talking Schmidt is brought to you by Manscaped. The best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, kids. It's the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We're going to give you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code shout out 
at manscape.com. Just type in the code shout out and the rest is smooth sailing. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'll tell you this, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. That's right, kids. Advanced skin safe technology. Now you can feel confident shaving those family jewels. Did I mention wireless charging? Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code shout out shout out at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code shout out. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Shout out. All right. It is the Tao of Skateboarding book, Rolling Through Life, a Skateboard Philosophy by the author that brought us Trim Camp, Mr. A.E. Gold. This book is a culmination of eight years of interpretation from the Tao Te Ching. It is written for all the mothers out there who have children who enjoy skateboarding. And I'm going to read one of my favorite verses. Verse six, spirit. The spirit of skateboarding never dies. It is the infinite sidewalk to mysteries within mysteries. It is the seed of yin, the spark of yang. Always elusive endlessly available. This thing's 43 pages. Bryce, you know you need a copy. Get this book. I think you can Google it. It's out on Amazon, but maybe other bookstores. It's a fun read. I read it one afternoon, but you can keep rereading it. The Towel of Skateboarding book, rolling through a skateboard philosophy. Get your copy today. This is Walker Ryan, or this is going to be a rough one. I'm Walker Ryan, and this is Talkin' Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the old cars turn, isn't it? All big dogs in. Schmitty. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty. Talkin' Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I can <laughs> shit my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy who thinks he's tough shit? What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Smitty, what the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Yeah! A little nervous because this is my first ever interview with an author. But he's also (laughs) a pro skateboarder. He's got his own podcast. I'm calling him the uh, 2021 Sotvaliang. He's the entrepreneur Ooh. of uh, skateboarding. This is Walker Ryan, kids. How you Hell doing? Yeah. If only I could frontside nose slide like Sotva, though. Never Ooh. been one of my moves. He's the smoothest. If only I could spin records like Sotvaliang. Yeah. Is he still <laughs> in the city doing that? He is in the city. Or is he doing uh, a million other rad things? Dude, you never know with Safa. Yeah, he's always, he's just fucking. I went to his house. I did an interview with him and we did it at his house. And he was telling me how he reduced his record collection a lot. And that was painful. 
so I'm not sure if he's DJing as much. He has a kid and the whole deal, but uh, cool. yeah. How are you doing? Good. I you, am in Bolinas, California right now. Are you living there? Uh, we have this family house um, that we've had, you know, since the forties basically. And for the first time, the house has internet. Like Bolinas actually as a whole has internet. They've been <laughs> stuck on like a DSL that they all share, that basically the town shares and it's been really bad. Uh-huh. At the house, we put in a satellite internet, but it was just garbage. So we could never really come here. My wife works for a tech company and she you know, needs to uh, be on Zoom calls all day basically. And it was just impossible. So for the first time, we, we like blocked a month where we could just be here. My sister came out, my mom was here and we've just been posted, which has been so cool. Damn, that is cool. I've been coming here my whole life, like obviously. Um, it's a good town. Yeah, it's great. And it's just so fun to actually like spend more than just a kind of a long weekend or something here. Do you so, surf? I don't. I've never gotten in the water here like that, which is really embarrassing. Because well, get it's a such coffee, a walk out, and look for Max Schaff. He'll be there. All I need is some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. He cruises out here a lot? I, he used to. He used oh, to go cool. like every, like, I don't know, Monday at eight or something. Like he was on a regiment. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It, I have seriously zero excuse other than like, oh, I don't have a wetsuit. Like, I think there's even a surfboard here that I could probably. It's a good place out. to learn, dude. That's yeah, they your look spot. small. They yeah. look, the waves look small and, and they just it's go protected. straight across the channel. Yeah. Although not too protected. There, it is. They do call it the snack bar <laughs> where all the great whites come in and feed. I, I feel like I'm a little scarred because one of our caretakers, we've always had like a live-in caretaker here at the house in Bolinas. Um, right now we have this awesome guy named Keith, who's a bird artist who's been here for 20 something years. But before him was this guy, Peter, and he, he would do research on great white sharks out on the Farallon Islands. So we had all these like really ghetto uh, home videos of his research, you know, like filming the sharks and stuff. And I think it's just always left an impression on me. Like this water is sharky. Yeah, north of the Golden Gate, it gets a little sketchy. Yeah, um, yeah. let's let's dive into your upbringing. Where were you born and raised? So, born in Santa Rosa, California, but raised primarily in Santa Elena, California, which is a small town in uh, north of Napa. Where okay. I, I, we ran in, I ran into you uh, one time on the streets of, I think, on my street. Yeah, so Santa Elena, um, Santa Elena, basically until I left. For college and since then i've just kind of been bouncing around floating how did you discover skateboarding in saint helena so i want to say it was just um you know like the way any kid does you see someone else doing it you're like i want to try it my friend's older brother had a board and so we would like play with it and both my parents were born in san francisco and like had ties to san francisco obviously their their whole lives they grew they grew up in marin but um they were, you know, always, we were, we were always going to the city. And so like, I think they just, you know, got me a board one year um, for my birthday and, you know, coupled with some, some uh, FTC videos and like, there was always access to like, uh, you know, FTC and skates on hate and like some huh. of those shops. Um, and how did yeah, you know, know about FTC? 
Well, I mean, I think when you you're you come into the city, like as much as my parents did, and you're looking up the where's the skate shop, you know, oh, like, okay. that's where you go. No way. Um, yeah, and so it was just an obs- you know, like anyone gets into it, just an early obsession from uh, you know seven was when I got my first board, and you know, I just stayed stayed hooked. There was a weird little stint though, where I didn't have a board for a few months because my father was working off and on in um, the ex-Soviet Republic of Georgia in, you know, like Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, he was, he was part of a joint venture winemaking, wine uh, joint venture winery. He was a winemaker. Okay. And so we would go out there periodically for like three to four months, some extended summer vacations, essentially. They, my, my parents would just take me out of school for a little bit longer. And uh, I left my first skateboard there in Georgia with like the neighborhood kids. Cause it was like, we all shared it. And I just I knew they were going to get another one. So um, I had like a little stint where I didn't have one. And it's, it's funny actually, because I'm in the kids room in the, in our family house here. This is uh-huh. my, my old bunk bed. And it was on this floor that like, I got a board after that like period, like I still want to skate, but I just hadn't really, you know, it's like special occasions. You got new skateboards. And I got a new one in, uh, right here out in the street, like picked it up again. Fuck, uh, sick. So, uh, like, so yeah. you've had the Bolinas place your whole life. Yeah. So my grandparents moved here, moved to Bolinas in like the 1940s. And this was the house they, they got. Oh, when they damn. Moved here. They came from uh, the Midwest. Nice, and yeah. So dude. we, we uh, were very fortunate to like keep the family, keep it like as my grandmother, my dad's, Fam, like my dad kind of lived here, but they he eventually grew up in Marin because I think what happened is they bought this house thinking it was very close to San Francisco, not really realizing the geography that you have to go over like a huge mountain to, to get to normal civilization. And I think in the 40s, Bolinas was just like a super nothing town. Um, so luckily they kept this house because it's a very unique house. It's like a, it's, it was a, was a coal hauling barge. So it's like a, barge turned into a house like it's very oh, very unique right uh, yeah so i've been, so we've been coming here my whole life but we you know we we rent it to family friends and that's kind of how it pays for itself who are your dudes was penal code like being played a lot when you're young first, and mike carroll's like your first, guy or what yeah that was like my first video really between that one and trilogy i'm always a little unsure but i'm pretty sure bobby pulio who opened Penal Code was the first like skateboarder I watched. And then oh. just, you know, obviously the whole video is just incredible, especially because, you know, my parents would go into San Francisco. My my aunt actually lived in the apartments above uh, the, you know, uh, EMB Plaza. Oh, so, really? Like, yeah. Like, so he we discovered would... how the hideout. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, that was. I would roll around there, but it was mainly like watching Penal Code, Pier 7 for me, and like wanting to skate that anytime we'd go into the city, you know? So like, it was just so cool to have a video that like I could then go and like see and and try to piece together the insanity of, of skateboard tricks, you know? Cause I, I didn't really have like a crew of skaters in my town until I was like middle school. Mm-hmm. So in the early years, it was just me watching those videos and then just trying to figure out how to do kickflips and the whole thing. So like LeVar and Marcus and Henry oh, yeah. and 
Yeah, Ooh, I'd, say, I'd say LeVar was like my number one favorite because of his switch skating and just the confusion I had as a little kid not knowing is he regular or is he goofy? Like, I don't get it. But like yeah. the whole, uh, so good. everything happening there in that era of skating was like so magical. Yeah. And uh, I'm lucky that those videos had such incredible music for me. I feel like it was just like, it not only influenced my take on skating, but just music for the rest of my, my life. Yeah, those were, those were the days. Um, yeah. Who was like, do you remember meeting somebody for the first time? Like actually seeing somebody in person that For was... sure. Like Carl was one of them. Mike oh. York, you know, like Mike York had that, that good energy. Like, and I remember, you know, going up and, and, you know, saying something stupid, but Carl for sure left like the biggest impression because he was so Carl, so sweet. And like, you know, I'm alling up the little pier curve, but he's like, cheering me on you know like i I'll, I'll never forget that kind of thing so right for sure yeah good uh positive energy what's up with billy pepper you ever run into him in like a market up there or anything so that's what's kind of funny like i obviously knew billy pepper was the guy in from napa but i only saw him one time at a skate at the napa park oh, and right. it was like such an embarrassing interaction because i i like asked I did the thing that kids do where you're like, do the trick I saw in the video. Like I saw him, he didn't skate that park in the four and one commercial and like asked him to do tricks. And he had to just be like, nah, dude, not going to, not going to do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I'd, I'd always hear stories about Billy Pepper and like how he could, he could have like a gnarly temper. And if, if you were at the park when he showed up, like you, everyone would kind of like clear out. Like I've always heard different eras of, of, of Billy, but I, I never really knew him. Like I, we have mutual friends, obviously, and, and uh, right. there's, yeah, I don't have personal uh, encounters. Did you skate that park a bunch, the Napa Park? Not really. I was like, it's not that rad. <laughs> I was kind of a hater of it from a young age, you know, like I was more partial to Santa Rosa Park, like Piner. Oh. So like I, there would be more of an excuse for us to go to Santa Rosa for like Costco runs or just some, you know, like. What's that, what like 40 are. minutes? How far yeah, is Yeah, about it? like 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. You go through Calistoga and then over the hill. Mm -hmm. um, so, And I just love that park. I feel like that park opens so many, like, possibilities. And, like, so before I met people at, like, Pierce, you know, like, fanned out on pros at Pier 7, it was Tony Trujillo and random sightings at, uh, at Santa Rosa that really, like, at a young, young age, I remember. Ah, Mohawk. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like just methods or whatever. He was he could just do every kind of fly out trick. It was so sick to watch him skate that. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh and so then when does like this become more than just a toy, like, oh, I'm getting kind of good at this or I want to pursue this like to more of a level. Yeah. Well, probably Santa Rosa Park when I won my first competition at 10 years old, the castle under 10, 10 and unders. There was one other person in my age division and I, and I beat him out. So I was like, you know what? There's, there's hope. Head to me. head. I got this. <laughs> Were you on no, the course think, at the same time? Yeah. I think it was one of those jam sessions, you know, and like yeah. I could do, I could early grab higher out of the, out of the, one of the small bowls probably. No, way. Uh, no. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like I was obsessed with the idea of getting sponsored 
from that age, like 10. Like I was like sending sponsor tapes to Spitfire and just like, like, you know, terrible, like doing frontside flips off of curb cut type videos, but like, you know, trying and dreaming, but I never got sponsored until 14. It was played against sports in San Rafael. Do you remember that skate shop? Like I know play it again sports. Uh, no, I don't know about the one in San Rafael. Did yeah, that location was funny because they had a, uh, they had a like all played against sports. They had you, they would like buy used product, and so uh-huh. they, a lot of skaters from the city would come out and like sell their boards. Mm. You know, like rather than just giving them to someone at the at sure the spot, they could probably make like three or four dollars off like a, each one in a stack. You know, so like uh-huh. that was uh, a shop I would go to really when we'd come out here visit family in Marin and so I gave them a tape and they sponsored me and that actually led to my my first board sponsor which was Ron Allen's energy so Ron Allen was like the really the first person to like give me hope and uh hook me up sick again too of course but like it's sick when you're getting like board boxes you know did Ron Allen hook you up because he saw you skating or because through the play it again yeah just a demo I think it was like a might have been a Satori demo. Some 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 demo was happening in like a parking lot and uh, talked to him and he was, you know, being all sick and Ron. I loved the Ron episode uh, oh. that you guys did. I, I just, he's he's the best. <laughs> the the shit days. where he's like calling and pretending he's his own agent. Hello, it's George. Hello, it's George. And it, I'm, I'm Ron Allen's manager. Couldn't believe that stuff. I mean, it's like I've heard, I've like sat and, talk to him or hung out with him on the phone like so many times and it, you're never gonna like hear a repeat story somehow and they're always like <laughs> they're just He's always such insane. a legend like, did you kind of know who ron allen was to that degree at that no, time or no because he was i mean even then he was like og you know like oh damn a dude can be in his 40s and like skate street <laughs> you know like he and he was way before my time with, mm. with the videos that he'd been in Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know his history. I had to like, you know, get get a quick lesson on that because it was he's he's done so much. Um, but it was cool. I mean, he would also just share so many stories and like give some wisdom and insight. And yeah. And uh, yeah, that like, you know, so I was on his company for a couple of years and then I got on 510. Uh, that was that became like my shop sponsor and they were doing a video and it was um through, through that video, I started getting some like kind of bigger board brand prospects and, and Ron was cool with like kind of me trying to spread my wings or whatever. I don't mm. know. So um, eventually a tape, eventually I was able to give a tape to Carl Watson who gave it to KO and that kind of really led to like a proper like, okay, getting on a company that pays you and you know, the whole thing. So was that expedition? It was going to be, or it was starting to be expedition, but, uh, it ended up being Organica. So I was on Organica for the, for the period of time until it went under. Uh, okay. And so that's interesting. That's cool. Like full circle. Like you met Carl kind of early on and yeah. then you're riding with him. The, the coolest full circle of all. Cause he was such an influence on me as, as this fan, you know, his style, his, vibe his whole his whole presence and then to get to ride for his company and you know have him turn me pro was just so cool 
Yeah. What was that like? Was that a surprise or was it kind of like built up and you saw it coming? Yeah, it was built up. You were, you might have been at the party. It's um yeah. We to answer your question, we had like a big, you know, video drop in. Like got to play a part in the graphics. It was cool. I, I was honored yeah, I mean, to be like to turn pro it, for Carl's company. It was part of Ko. Like everything was just so exciting at that time. Did you guys travel a lot? Did you do a lot of trips and stuff with them or? So th at that point, I was like done with college and starting to do a lot of my own trips, meaning like someone would invite me to uh, to like Thailand or, you know, like India. And I would just say yes and work out some kind of budget from sponsors and, and do it. So I had some international clips, but that was mostly just I was living in San Francisco and I had a bunch of footage from San Diego. And that was the most the majority of that video part. Mm. Where'd you move to? Where were you living in the city? I was in Petrero Hill. Ah. I was living with Dan Z. Oh yeah, right across yeah. the street from the Cairo spot. Exactly. That turned into the everybody spot. And yeah, we used one, to give Dan Z shit because we we're like, dude, you could shoot the photo from your window. <laughs> dude, one time Josh Matthews was trying feeble on it. And rather than just like walking out and saying what up, I got on the roof and started filming a sneaky angle. And I was like so excited for him to do it and then just hit him in the email with my like sniper angle. But he didn't make it that try. Oh, man. Yeah, you literally could film it from the from from this spot. I think that's about the time I met you, like right around probably. in that era. Yeah, probably. That was were like you li were you living with him when Eli stayed there? Yeah. <laughs> But I, but I was on a trip when Eli was there for a while. Oh, uh, damn. I heard, I heard That's one of my stories. favorite stories. Desi just focusing his board. I know. I, I just like, <laughs> I tell that so many times. I wish I could have like seen it in person because I was just, because uh, I, I, I understood it because I have been in the situation where I feel like he wanted to focus my board. He's like, <laughs> I got to go somewhere, dude. Like, if you really want to do this trick, fucking do it. You know, I don't yeah. have time for this. So <laughs> I, I like, was, I love it. Ah, uh, that's amazing. So what happened with uh, the board company? It did, it just, there wasn't enough funds or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll i never really know, but basically KO was, was pretty, like, I feel like the budgets were spread pretty thin at one point and the focus was DGK. And DGK, I think, had long carried most of the other brands. Mm -hmm. Um. And at one point, I think it was just too hard to maintain the mall, and they had to plug the, pull the plug. So we, it was a very cordial like conversation leading up. Like Carl was, a, it was mile. We had just turned Miles Silvis pro. We had actually built a pretty sick team. Josh Matthews, Eli Reed was on. We saw Quim, Adelmo. Like it was happening, and Miles was like, you know, the phenom that Carl yeah. had been hooking up since he was a little thirteen-year-old was like now this man pro just. And uh, yeah, it was just unfortunate timing, you know. I think mm. they just like couldn't quite, couldn't quite maintain it with the way people wanted or expected up until that point. So everyone kind of went their separate ways. Who went first, Rob Welsh or Organica? <laughs> Rob Welsh <laughs> stayed for a while, dude. Rob <laughs> Welsh hung in there because yeah, they, they kept they kept the expedition going for another year or two. Uh, he was working at the plant for a minute. Dude, he was doing a lot. I think he was like <laughs> doing all the graphics, editing videos. Like that was a Rob I was always so surprised to see. Like when I would go into the headquarters and be like, Wait, Rob's the 
the guy making the uh-huh. <laughs> making the boards. Yeah. It was, and it then was cool. at 90s at the combi with Sal skating vert. You're like, who <laughs> is this guy? I'm so confused. <laughs> Woo Welsh is who I grew up loving. This is not him. What is this? I love Rob. If there's any way that we can uh, nurture him or coach him or whatever we have to do, like, to get him to come on the podcast. He Has said he, he was not, gonna, He never made it onto yours, right? Uh, uh, he told me he's like 69, I think. He's like, when I mm-hmm. first started doing it, he's like, I'll do 69. I was like on episode seven. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do 69 episodes then. Like I wasn't yeah. even planning to go that long. And yeah. then I was like, I'm going to And then I got to 68 and he started having like a little nervous, anxiety or something. Yeah. He Dude, started I, thinking about that cab back nose blood. And he's like, I don't want to do that again. I can't relive it. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny you say that because I had listened to that. I had listened to you mention that in one of your podcasts. And I was like, well, that's so funny. Like, has Rob never done a podcast? And then I looked and I was like, I couldn't find him on any podcast. And we're doing this fitness thing. And we had a sub, we had a special episode dedicated to foam rolling. And every Every the way we're doing our podcast is it's all like skate injury related. So my friend who's a physical therapist, also a skater, skate nerd, we talk about skating and injuries and rehab, like from injuries with skaters. You know, that's so that's like the free podcast we do. And yeah. we're like, dude, if we're gonna talk about foam rolling, we have to have Rob Welsh. There's no skater <laughs> in the industry more influential when it comes to foam rolling than Rob Welsh. And he agreed. He was like, Oh, that sounds chill. And I was like, No way. Can't, I don't want to jinx it, but I think yeah. we're going to get him. Don't and talk I about it. There, I sat there with the Zoom link for like two hours and he just never showed. <laughs> <laughs> he had like straight up agreed. I was like, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to assume this is happening, but I hope it's happening. And it didn't happen. And then uh-huh. he's like, oh, sorry, something came up. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know what happened there. He's just, well, his excuse is, and I think it's a modest one, but it's also probably a little anxiety driven, is nobody wants to hear him talk about anything. And I'm like, quite the contrary, my friend. Yeah. Quite the contrary. Yeah. yeah. We I all want to hear it. Yeah. And so well, we're all it. we're all begging for the woo to come through at yep. any time. I told him the door is always open. And even if it's not open it up because let's go <laughs> no I, my door is closed we, we he had his chance he had his window yeah. it's shine over. me what shame on you <laughs> yeah yeah okay so then what what happened after the um organica so after organica i floated in the no sponsorship thing for a while um you put out your own part kind of not sponsored right or was I'm, that? Yeah, I'm always putting out my own parts and shit. Yeah, there was one though with Thrasher that I did because it was going to be my, it, I was had started filming for like a Circa Pro Model shoe video. So I, right. I'd gotten like a budget to go around some cool parts of Asia. Like we just had all this footage and I still wanted to do something with it. So that was sort of my own funded thing. Like I paid the filmers. I got the, you know, sorted the, so I, I didn't edit it. My friend Patrick Walner edited it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Thrasher put that one out, which was sick. But that was still when I was on Organica. Um, it was Organica ended and then Deluxe was hooking me up with boards. And then um, I got an offer from like Sovereign to ride for their little their little program that they had going. Um, Mike Taylor and Barra. Like there were some, I don't really know. Like I still don't really know who exactly owns the company now. Um, there was like kind of a, 
I feel like does it rhyme with Eric? <laughs> no, it's not owned by the Barracks, which a lot oh. of people think. Um, okay, they kind of like were running the show out of there for a little while, so that's who I'm still riding for, Sovereign. So it's like we got a pretty small team. Um, who, who is it? We got Nate Greenwood. He's the other pro. Oh. Um, and then we got uh, this dude Justin Damer, Ben Campbell. We got a little AM squad too. Um, David Enger, and uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's just like a they have like a really consistent and awesome art direction that it's mostly run by uh, this filmer Ryan and this photographer Alex, who they just kill it, and it's kind of in their it's their like little passion project, and they put out the videos and and all the con- um, all the art direction. And, Right. And yeah, so that's who I've been riding for since. They've been they've been hooking me up. Sick. What's up with Mikey Taylor? So Mikey's like moved into basically running like a I don't want to call it a real estate company. It's basically like an investment project. It so seems like, like he's the Tony Robbins of skateboarding. And and what's yeah. driving me crazy, and I like the guy. This yeah. isn't derogatory really, except for the fact that it's like that fucking song you can't get out of your head every time i go on instagram he's on my like oh the explorer and his poor dad would always tell him we can't afford that he robert would ask for something he'd say we can't afford that his rich dad would say never say that you can't afford something you need to tell yourself how can i afford that yeah and i'm like i like him but i i don't have really a connection to him i don't get how he's the big square Every time. Whoa, slow it down. And Wait, I'm so like, like in your feed or in the Explorer? The one where it's just random shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Explorer, right? Yeah. 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 And I'm like, what did I do? Did I say Mikey? <laughs> like, what are they hearing? <laughs> I bet it's like, I bet it's something to do with your age or demographic that you skate. And like what he's doing is targeting people who are interested in, you know, building financial freedom and he's basically like trying to make it so that he he can share i don't want to call it like investment advice but like ways to make your money sort of work for you and like strategies he's learned over the years which is cool like sometimes i'm definitely like oh this is a little this is a little tiktoky or like it's it's not my like cup of tea but the information Uh he's trying to put out there is like you know what kind of like investment trends are happening and and his his whole thing is like um is it has a company where you are an accredited investor you can put money into his fund and then they make they may have like real estate projects happening and you can like get returns right. on okay so. yeah it's funny because uh yeah. Like I said, I just go in there all the time and he, he's in there and he's got his like, he looks like Tony Robbins kind of <laughs> like, he's just like, is that, is that real? I think it's very influenced by that, by that <laughs> world. And that's like a, uh, an Instagram entertainment world that I don't follow. So I'm always like, what is this? But I know that it exists out there okay. in like so many ways, but he's we, a good dude. You know, he's like, no, he's sweet. a super good dude. I like yeah. him a lot. Actually. He, we've spent some time. That's cool. All right, I think I met Walker 12 years ago down in uh, San Diego, and we actually met the day that uh, Brandon Turner did that nollie board slide down 
Patrick Henry and almost stuck it. So we were out skating with those guys and we got done skating, went back to the house that we were staying at, little skate house. And uh, Walker and our buddy Ryan Harris were just, I guess, coming down from the bay. Ryan, I think, was gonna stay at this house that I was at and Walker was probably going to stay at his apartment or at school. I don't know what the hell was going on, but uh, that's the first time that I met Walker and my first impressions of the guy were just that he was a total motivated skate rat who was super smart, well-spoken, fun to be around, uh, always wanting to film, always stoked about making a video and like just always down to let you hop in the car and take you out skating and on spots and to the missions and yeah, man. Glad that I met Walker when I did because we've been skating together and kicking it ever since, dude. Um, twenty twenty one. The question for twenty twenty one is: yeah. Are you more likely to be seen on TikTok, or are you more likely to be seen walking down the street with a white claw? <laughs> I can fortunately say neither. The white claw is more likely just for the fact that someone might hand me one, but I actually can't drink them. Like I, they give me crazy headaches if I have more than, uh, if I have sweet. one and like another, another beverage, like a beer or something like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to say neither. Like I still have not made a TikTok. I tried to make one for my brand and I just was too overwhelmed. I'm like, this is, this is over. This is oversaturation. I don't even know how to take this in this, yeah. this stream of, of media, but I, you know, if I can I was, honestly say I've never had one. I stopped drinking before it came out. Oh, White Claw? Yeah. And I've been on TikTok. I got I to I say it. I've been on there. I did an interview with Lil Dre. Nice. And then after he told me about it, I went on there and I tried to do it. And I was mm -hmm. like, this this old guy on TikTok trying to do oh. a fucking Lil Little Dre dance. video was not probably oh, I'm glad hit. you tried, though. You know, it's... <laughs> yeah. it's it's further than I've gone with that. It's yeah. it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I just can't. I can't get it, get into the mindset to do it. You know, I thought like, all right, I should just adapt. People are doing it. There's <laughs> there's cool ways to promote some shit I'm doing, but I just I couldn't get, get yeah. there. If I was a little savvier, I would I would hire a 19 year old to to do uh, it for me for my for old friends. <laughs> that's what we all need. We need that intern kid that just exactly. wants to please you with all his genius yeah uh who's I do natural have a, for you know yeah exactly yeah. like they, oh, i was born this thing already existed like doo -doo -doo -doo, and you're like whoa yeah. um i gotta ask you a question about the uh napa st helena area cool. um i'm intrigued because i have never gone to indian springs oh but i hear it's the best is there somewhere better well so it's funny you say indian springs because that was like the, it wasn't quite public, but it was so affordable. It was almost public for like a swimming pool. That's like where I learned how to swim. No way. Cal Calistoga. Indian it's like Springs. a natural salt water pool or something, right? Well, I don't know what it is now. So I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Like it used to okay. just be this like very shallow pool that was like cheap to, to go swim at. But I don't know what it is now. And I'm mm. not, dude, I, it's really embarrassing. I've never done the natural hot springs stuff. Like it's just a little... I mean, my wife and I got a wedding gift to go to one of them, Solage. And it was like uh, a couple months, 
like actually like a year ago that we went and it was weird. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to finally do something that like people travel to my hometown for. But it was not what I expected. It, I thought it was going to be like a mud bath, but it was like a mud scrub. You just like, they basically oh. take some mud and you like put it on yourself and then dry mm. and then like wash it off. And it was like, it was, a, it was an interesting spa experience, but I don't know if I would repeat the, the mud lather. But I've always been curious about mud baths, which is like a thing. And I've always been curious about some of these natural hot springs, but I've never actually done never it in done. Calistoga. Yeah. Hmm, okay. So I'm not the person, not the person that so advise you. So for you, if you and your wife are like, we need to relax and do a getaway, where's your first spot you think of in your head? Like, are you a Hawaii guy? Are you SoCal? Are you like some Bahamas? You got to get to Australia. Like what? Yeah. What? I mean, that's a good question. Cause we're like currently in this, in this, position where it's like my wife works for this company in New York. We moved to New York because she took a new role, but they're, you know, it's working from home probably for the rest of the year. So we're kind of like, where can we go? You know, like, where can we go where she can still work and I can still skate and do, and we can be, we can be content. So we're looking all over the place. We had our sights set on like trying to get to Europe, but it's just not probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we lived in LA for two years almost three actually and we went to this spot in palm springs that was pretty nice for that for what you're describing this like whoa this is so chill like let's just kind of disconnect mm. and relax like but i wouldn't say we're palm springs people you know that's like yeah a little, i can't i can't where did you go that. for your honeymoon we went to croatia Croa- so we're all uh, about like greek islands that vibe is probably like pinnacle that's okay it, you know you know cranny yeah so my fiance is mm-hmm. trying on wedding dresses today with her mom. Oh, sick. So, yeah. I'm trying to think of the honeymoon. And one of my good friends, Alex Horn, happens to dabble in very fine travel with his lovely mm-hmm. wife frequently. Oh, so yep. I'm like, dude, Maldives, like, where do I go? He's like, no, 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 Greece, for sure. He's Greece. like, I got you hooked up. I uh, will fit. He's like Greece. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'm a Hawaii guy cause it's close. And I just, mm-hmm. I've never, dude, my body's, I got to talk to your friend, but my body's never felt good except for when I'm in Hawaii. Damn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause that you probably like the humidity gets you like a little yeah, more it's relaxed. The, it's the, the temperature, the so salt nice. water warm and yep. just like no stress. Like it's just, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're we're trying to think of this. So yeah, that's cool. it's funny Keep, you say Croatia because I think that's kind of in the same realm. Like it's yeah, it's totally some of the sea, like the the water, the the look of these like island because there's islands and the islands are just so cool. And like we went to Greece and our lives were just changed by like how amazing the food is, the water. Like this, it's pretty affordable in some of these places. Like more le- less expensive than you would imagine. Okay. When you like see a photo on Instagram, you're probably like, that's too much money. I'm not going yeah. to <laughs> But like, we, you know, you can, you can find some bougie spots, but we also like found some, you know, pretty comfortable, cheap Airbnbs and you can like, just, it's, it's amazing. So I would, I would say Greece is up, up there as like probably number one, the islands. I keep hearing this. All right, we're going to go live just blocks away from La Seine River in Paris, France, to our old friend, Walker Ryan, who's got a giveaway for you. 
What's going on? I'm Walker Ryan, and together with Talkin' Schmidt, we're gonna do a giveaway. If you wanna win a copy of my novel, Top of Mason, not sure where the best lighting is, along with a PT pack by Old Friends, which comes, when you open it up, comes with a jump rope and a bunch of other stuff. Along with something else, send an email to talkinschmidt at gmail.com with the name of your favorite novel. Or we could do book, but preferably novel. And a clip of you skating. And we're gonna pick a winner in two weeks, so we'll announce it June 8th. And yeah, good luck. Look forward to see what you guys are reading. This week on the Grams, watching Jake Wooten frontside spins a 360 into a blunt. Tanya Skate has her own blunt variations, and Lucy Heller got ready for prom with a kickflip. And there's also Stevie going full cab and Chloe being Chloe. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Well, yep. before we dive into the book, I got to talk to you a little bit about the Ewan Bowman experience. This oh, was yes. fucking kick-ass. Like Ewan told <laughs> me about it early on and I didn't understand it obviously because it's a little complicated. <laughs> and then as you guys start doing it, I caught and I think it came out amazing. Like oh, what was that whole you. process? Thank you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I had met Ewan um, on a trip to New York. He had come to New York. I was there. Tom Remillard hit me up like, hey, we're cruising around. And, and you and I immediately, I was just, he came up and he said, he was talking to me and I was just like, this dude's energy is the best. Like I'm, I fucking love this guy. I hope I get to film with him someday. But when I moved to LA, I just, I got this idea. Like I was doing so many drives on Wilshire and seeing so many spots and just starting to kind of explore. I was like, this would be a cool concept part. You know, I was like, I mean, I've, that was probably like 12, my 12th or 14th video part or something and i was just like i, I can't just do the same thing again and again like i mm -hmm. want to try to try to pick Take a direction care. and stick to it and just see how it see how it goes and i was just building out this catalog and i was i just had you in my mind as like someone to hit up and i just i don't know why i just was like i i maybe he'd be maybe he'd go for it so i i hit him up he was like yeah let's meet up i thought he lived pretty far away um which so it was going to be kind of difficult to manage. I thought he lived in like Huntington Beach or something like that. Turned out he lived off Wilshire, literally like one <laughs> block off Wilshire in on my side of LA too, which is like LA is a is a maze and a and a and a, a mess when you're trying to like coordinate, <laughs> hey, let's just meet at this like super high bus That's spot and skate. It like it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. So it worked out that he lived like just 10 minutes away on Wilshire. We could leave his house and just you know, pick away at it. And so like, it took like a year and a half or, or maybe more. I mean, we would only have spurts, little spurts of time where he wasn't traveling and I wasn't traveling and we'd be in LA at the same time. But it was, it just became this like thing, like, yes, dude, we have to make this happen. Like the Wilshire project. And he immediately just took to it. Like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, fuck yeah. And, and yeah, he was you picked so, the right guy. He was always so appreciative of me. Like, thank you for like 
picking me and i'm like dude you're thank you for wanting to film me you're the legend who like filmed all the videos i grew up watching like i just it was so fun to just log hours and and honestly the craziest thing about that project was realizing at the end we had only ever skated he'd only there was never like a session it was always just missions two of us filming like sometimes we'd have spotters but they weren't like skating a spot with me it was like Sibo walker my friend kyle like watching for cars always just the two of us he filmed every single clip and i've never had that with a video project before where it was just like only the two of us making it happen and it was a lot of work and his motivation and dedication like 100 made it happen because he was down to skate a spot at like six in the morning which a lot of filmers would be like dude i'm trying to chill today it's sunday like i got this is my mood morning at least yeah but not you and he's just down for it so it was so for people that so for people that don't know, it was basically the concept was you're skating down Wilshire and hitting shit all the way through. Yeah, it was just I gave myself a parameter of like the only spots we could skate were the ones like a block with within a block radius of Wilshire Boulevard. And Wilshire Boulevard in, in Los Angeles starts at the Santa Monica Beach, like right there on Ocean and goes right into the thick of downtown. And it's the only street that like really go is, is like urban the whole way. It doesn't like turn into like a golf course stretch for miles or it doesn't, it like, it goes through all the many of the major towns that you think of in LA, like Santa Monica, Beverly Hills, like Century City, like downtown LA, Koreatown, they're all in Wilshire. And I mean, just the name Wilshire skaters know because of all the, you know, like the 15 stair and, and Jaquan and like, there's so much cool history there. Right. That I just thought it'd be like a no brainer film at famous spots, but also just explore in ways that people haven't taken the time to do. Mm. And then, and yeah, like that was, that was the whole idea. And it was just fun, hard, but fun. So from the beginning, this is the question I have. Did you kind of have it all mapped out already? Like we're going to start at this time of the day, skate these spots and gradually go through and and even to the point that did you know what tricks you were going to do where or did it kind of just evolve on the fly more so like oh that was sick i got that maybe i can do this next time or how did yeah, it go to total combination i mean i i had like a list of you know 50 spots that we could skate and but i you know it would take like, all right, getting there and be like, you know what? This isn't really a spot. Like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> but look, across the street, there's this, like, little bump over thing. Like, what do we, what do we, why don't we skate that? You know, so that's how it would go. It'd be okay. like, I would have the guide of, like, my ideas. And the ideas rarely came to fruition because they were like, it's just, you know, I'm skating in, in my imagination. And then I get, you get there and you're like, sorry, dude, <laughs> this is going to happen. But uh -huh. because we were just, like, so focused on only skating spots that were off Wilshire, it just opened up the mindset of like, no, let's try something here. Whereas like, you know how it goes with spots, like even in the city or anywhere, you're just like, is this a skate spot? Okay. Like it's a bust. Let's move to the next skate spot rather than like, let's just really just try to skate anything in this area, you know? So it, was, it made it, it made it fun. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of shit I didn't get because we would just, it was, these are 
super heavily guarded security building. Yeah. Was, you know, such a bust. And some were just these beautiful spots that we could never get more than five minutes at, or or I could never get a trick that was like worthy for a part. You know, I could like get something quick, but not something good. So right. there's a lot that like didn't go down, but it was, it was cool. I'm psyched on the way it. Yeah, no. And it's such a cool idea. Um, it, it, I thought it came together rad. It, it was Thanks. cool for me to just have that perspective too, because you and shared with me kind of the beginning stages of the idea when it wasn't real. And then I saw it evolve and then saw the final and I'm yep. like, you guys crushed it. That was killer. Yeah. 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 yeah and it was cool. We got to use a Ray Barbie song too. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, okay. How do you become an author? Did, what, did you graduate from college with a degree in writing? Have you done journals? Like what, what's your background in writing? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I've always just been a, a reader from a family of readers, but I'm also from a family of writers. Like my grandmother was a, a, is a novelist. Like that was her entire career. I knew my mom wrote books or oh. she wrote novels. She never like got them published, but my dad was always writing something. So it was just, you know, it was like a normal thing that I grew up thinking like, I don't know, it was normal. And so I didn't go to school for writing. I mean, I definitely took some, classes but it wasn't like my focus or it was never like something I was set on doing it was just a while after college that I I feel like I just started reading for fun a lot more in college like you're just sort of overwhelmed by books you have to read for your classes that it's hard to find any time to read anything for fun and I just got more into reading fiction and I just started thinking about an idea that that could involve skating and so I just I don't know. I just basically dove in one day, started trying it and just kind of stuck with it. And the, you know, in the same way you just sort of stick with a video part, you're like, all right, yeah. I got two tricks, but I want a part might take three years, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to stick with it. So, well, so that's you, kind of the story of, a. you did it, man. That's but dude, what'd you, what'd you think? I'm, I'm super curious. You're, you're, I'm psyched because you're the first person I've done a little like interview with who's actually read it. So I'm sorry. Well, it's the first book I've read in 2021. And I Hell literally yeah, saved the final chapter for today. So I just finished it. Sick. And I got to be honest, I'm not a reader really. Like, I, th I don't know. I always say this, but I've read a lot of books. I I've lived a lot of years. So yeah. If I read 50 books, that's only one a year, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, I thought it was cool, man. Um, what I would say, um, one of the first things I would say is I was talking to my friend Evan Becker and he's like, you got to tell him that that's a, that's a compliment. And um, what I would say is it kept my attention. I, nice. I, I don't read big chunks and I read slowly. So that whole process takes, I love a book that has small chapters, which yours yep. did. And um, of course, skateboarding in San Francisco is kind of a no brainer, right? Yeah. Um, I do have to admit that I kind of saw the dev development. Oh, nice. Uh, I kind of saw that coming. I kind of in the back of my mind, I don't know why or how, but my fiance is really good. At, she's an insane reader and mm -hmm. she will watch TV shows and she'll already know the whole thing. Like yep. within the first half hour, she'll be like, Oh, we don't need to watch this series. Cause it's da da da. You're like, 
could you just turn your brain off for a second? <laughs> but uh, she's helped me kind of like see how constructing. Yeah. Um, no, but really cool, dude. And more so congratulations on just writing a book. It seems like, I mean, anyone could do it, but not anyone can get one published and then have people read it and admire it. And I think there was some, there was a couple issues I had. There was like a minor, I think you called Oracle Park AT&T, which we're going to let slide because I didn't Ooh. know when you wrote it. So there was <laughs> like that. <laughs> yes, I need, but, uh, I need a couple of those like extra, extra in yeah. the streets fact checking. Yeah. But I'm wondering how long did it take you to complete from beginning to end? Yeah, so I, st I started the idea i started working on the idea in like 2014 i want to say okay and then it was basically like 2017 that it was like all right this is done and then i just showed it to people you know got it uh got notes feedback all right what do you think all right worked on it, it just basically revised and edited it for like three more years basically so does your family since they kind of did that kind of stuff do they have connections of people that you can hand it to that are going to give you solid advice to like kind of tighten it up or did you no, just I mean, do honestly it was mostly my family and family friends who who helped with that kind of stuff okay and, um and like i should say like i didn't get i didn't get this properly published like this is a self-publishing thing i'm basically printing it and selling it like a zine you know Oh, um, no way. But I did. Yeah, no. So it was it's I did get it like professionally copy edited. So it was clean and like made, you know, a lot of people put eyes on it and like gave them checks. But yeah, no, I didn't get like a publisher to put it out. I've just I just did it myself through through old friends. Um, but hey, yeah, so it's just been a very DIY project from start to finish, which ma which makes it fun. You know, there's like a there's a big like gatekeeping thing that happens in in publishing and i really don't have connections to that world or even like a resume as a writer you know like i don't get short stories published i don't do the things that i feel like a lot of people do to, to build up the name for a publisher to kind of take you on mm. but i wrote this thing and i just thought like this we live in a day and age where you can just put things out like they make there's companies that make it so easy for you to do that and the quality is still pretty solid so I just barged it and I'm really, I'm really happy that I did. Cause it, it, uh, it's been an empowering thing to have so many people be willing to support purchase it. And so many people are telling me that they're just reading it really fast. And like, you know, a lot of people saying like what you said, that it kept their, that they were engaged in like a book, you know, you don't have to always just like love a book, but if you can even finish it, like that's a huge, that that's a hard thing to do. Like I, I pick up a lot of books that I just like trudge through, like, Ugh, like I don't want to finish this. I'm just not interested. Are you? And so, but will are you the type of person that once you start, you have to finish it, or will you just put it away and say I'm not going to read this? Usually, there's a few that I just like will give up on because it just I'm halfway through and I'm realizing I just don't care at all. Yeah. Um. So it it, it happens, but I usually I usually just have to finish it. Um, I, this is probably a really tough question, but do you have like a top three of books of all time that you've read fiction wise that like yeah i mean it's like it's like asking your favorite skater you know it'll change day to day um uh, off the top of my head i would always i would always recommend people read east of eden i think uh, that is like a steinbeck book that everyone should read 
John Irving is a fantastic author. They're they're dense books and they're hard to get through, but he's so funny. Mm. Easier reads. There's this author Tom Perota who I really I really like. He writes a lot of books that um that become pretty well known like HBO shows and things like that. Like he wrote that the book that became the show The Leftovers. Did you see that oh, one? Oh yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. So that's like a ba- based on a really cool novel. He also wrote Mrs. Fletcher, which was another HBO series that came out. And uh, he's all his books are great. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at those three. I got Kurt Vonnegut, Tom Robbins, and who wrote Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Why am I blank? Tom, Mark Twain? Yeah, there we go. That's my top three. Cool. Good um, answers. I got to um, jump back into the Huck Finn. I I loved Huck Finn. Yeah. I haven't really read Steinbeck too much. Mm, I think I, would, I read one of his books ever, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I need to, I mean he's local. Like yeah. you go down to Cannery Row, you know, you're in Monterey. Yep. Like it's like I don't know, the yeah, history's read. So I got some specifics about the book I want to ask you. Let's go into it, dude. I love this. Yeah. Okay. Uh there's this character named Gary. Yeah. Right? How much wheat berry influence? You know, I don't really know Wheatberry. I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's a tiny bit solely because of, you know, like his presence at at skate parks like Soma and stuff. Like he's uh-huh. definitely pun- he definitely punched out one of my friends who was just happened to be at Soma one day. <laughs> so like but I don't have oh, too no, much personal. Yeah. <laughs> just like a run by a drive by drive by sock. Um but really, it's it's you know it's a combination of of characters and people I've known in my in my life. You know, people who've had some some serious bouts with addiction, who've sort of entered that world in the tenderloin that is, um, I mean, on you know on one hand like so devastating and sad, but on the other hand so intriguing and fascinating. Like, how does that world work when you're sort of in it, hustling like the the Garrett character? So it was definitely a composite like. Wheatberry is more of a, (laughs) I want to say like a coincidence because I don't really like have that much, like, I know he's, he's a big part of San Francisco scene, but like my firsthand encounters aren't huge, aren't like too paired with him. Um, But it is, you know, that's like a, a a situation that's similar. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just sort of imagining like a skater who was almost pro who, you know, got basically hooked on a bunch of drugs and just is is now loving and and it's weird to say this but sort of like enjoying the city hustle of like the tenderloin which can which can happen and i've seen i've seen happen to people i know yeah so would you say is it fair to say that most of the references you're using were kind of you've lived vicariously through those or had you had some of those personally? No, I those mean, are a lot drugs. of stories told to me. Yeah. Okay. A lot of like stories from, from friends who've been through it, who were, who were willing to share and then who were willing, like basically allowed me to put it into the story. And I would talk to them like, Hey, like I have this storyline and it kind of involves a character who's been through these experiences. Like, would you read it? Would you let me know what you, what you think? if you're comfortable mm-hmm. with me putting it out there and that, that sort of uh, feedback to keep it, keep it rooted in some truth because it's not a world um, or a set of experiences that I've had personally, you know? Okay. And, and, and you've been married for how long? I got married in 2019. So about a year and a half. 
So without getting a divorce, did you have some tough relationships prior to her that broke your heart? I mean, we all have, I'm, I'm the, guessing, unless she's your childhood sweetheart, but uh, no, yeah, like, like um, any, some of that know. stuff I thought was pretty like on point. You could, yeah. <laughs> With I mean, we Ellen and the ex, you know, the longest relationship uh, the guy had ever had and how he was just dwelling on that same person and all those things. I was like, this is, it felt really real. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad. I mean, that's definitely, you know, a combination of my experiences in, in, in heartbreak and loss and relationships. And then seeing my friends go through stuff and just sort of knowing that pain and, and seeing the kind of delusion of thinking it can always work out again. And, and that was definitely the motivation for the character, you know, for Henry. Have, have you ever walked in on your girlfriend getting body shots? <laughs> I haven't, fortunately, but I'm glad the horror of that sort of scene <laughs> remains vivid in your head. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, Tubsy, code for fat back. Check. All right, we got that one. <laughs> I'm like, Underwood, code for Thrasher. Check. Because Thrasher's on Underwood. Like, yeah, I was I like, like putting in little nuggets, you know. Even yeah, though I, dude. You know, I wanted the, I wanted the skate media or like and the like the live characters in the book to to all be fictional but you know like have like little little realms of truth like uh there was i mean it's funny too because so much has changed since i like initially started writing it or not changed but like you know in 2014 2015 when i sort of like outlined the, the story idea um the skate world has changed you know what i mean like there's things like that like i i uh I don't know. It's, it's interesting to to see people's reactions and what they think I meant, you know, by things. So yeah, it's probably it's like it writing music, like your favorite song, the way you interpret it, and then you finally meet the performer, and they're like, <laughs> I remember asking Jay Maskus about this song that I, and he was like. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, yeah. One of the questions I had for you, you kind of answered, I think. Um, there's this part that I actually talked to my fiance about, an important part of skateboarding, which is learning how not to kook it, right? It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I'm guessing that Billy Pepper incident kind of was your like learning not to kook it situation, totally. maybe. Um, I remember early on for me, it was like, beaming was so faux pas right you're yep. like do not look around to see who saw you make your shit you know yep. um and those little things are things that skaters i think they kind of have to explain it to an ordinary person because they're like what do you mean and you're like yeah. these are just kind of like unsaid rules that are like you can't kook it otherwise you're a kook and you don't right. want to be a kook <laughs> um i thought that that stuff was really important that it was in there um the cool. nampa i'm guessing was kind of a nod to napa yeah yeah that was just kind of to, to have fun with that yeah and uh <laughs> the cardiel rail experience i thought was uh, a highlight oh, yeah. for me because i scene? was like wait what trick was he trying to do 5-0 right was it a back 5-0 maybe Front 5-0. Front 5-0. And I'm like, who's got okay. it? <laughs> hmm. I've seen some dudes take some horrendous slams on that fucking rail. Seriously. Yeah. So, um, no, it was cool. And like, it was like, uh, 
there was a lot of nods to different things, like the nod to the OG, like that was cool, you know, being a older guy and like just kind of seeing that like the younger guy would respect this guy enough to be like, nah, dude, you are my influence. You're always down with me. Like, and all that stuff. I, I really liked it. Uh, the Harry Potter stuff. Are you a Harry Potter fan or did that just work its way in? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it kind of worked its way in. Like, it's funny you say that. Cause I remember being at a, at a bar, it was on a skate trip and these like skaters were like trying to talk to these girls and someone just realized, like, I, I don't know, you know, it's always awkward when you're, like, making small talk. And I just heard him say, like, you like Harry Potter? Or, like, you fuck with <laughs> Harry Potter? And, like, just, it was just so funny to me that it, like, then basically, like, turned into this, like, passionate conversation about Harry Potter. And, like, I think Harry Potter just touches on so many people of my generation, basically, like, 30, 32, 33 and under, have mm-hmm. all had Harry Potter influences most likely either their parents read it to them. Spent they got the into a couple of borders. Books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely read um, the first five books as oh. a kid. And I was, it was actually a big problem moving, get moving forward with my relationship with Whitney, who I, my wife, she almost wouldn't marry me until I, I had read six and seven. Oh, you had to finish <laughs> it off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's just, Little little nuggets in there that I just thought it, they're not necessarily me. Like I'm not the person. I I don't read Harry Potter every year for fun, but a lot of people do. Like that remains like a comfort book for them, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what I wanted Henry to to be. You know, like just have that as a part of it. But yeah, it's funny. You, you no one's asked me that yet, and it's it was really just like how funny it was being on this trip and watching this conversation go between. I won't name the skater, but like the skater and this girl, they're just like talking about Harry Potter. Like That's your so pickup line. I just thought it was amazing. Yeah. Oh man. Um, have you gotten any like weird beef or negative feedback from somebody that like, I don't know, somebody was bummed that you were talking about this and you, I don't know anything like that. No, I haven't, I haven't gotten anything like that. And I'm, I, I you know, I kind of expect it and, yeah, because we're in a very critical world where people like to hate or I've yeah. been talking about schadenfreude for the last year and a half. How A lot of people seem to really take pleasure in other people's downfalls, which mm-hmm. is weird, but that's been trendy. As I was reading it, I was like, because I know you pretty well. And I'm just like, this dude's never smoked crack. I'm pretty sure this dude's yeah. never smoked crack. <laughs> so is somebody going to come at him like, what you writing about crack for? You know, you don't know. Or like, I don't know. I was trying to envision where the hate, if there was any hate would come from, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, um, I was. And just, you know, a big part of the story is like gnarly hill bombs and I'm not the gnarly hill bomb guy, you know? Right. And like what's been really crazy is gnarly hill bombs guy telling me like dude i couldn't put it down it's like i've had those thoughts <laughs> like, I'm like whoa rules. okay cool like that that's really comforting to hear that like that mindset i was able to capture a little bit because i don't quite share it like uh-huh. what i what i say is it, it's like i'm not you know in this book i'm writing about some of my biggest fears and just imagining them being experienced through a character who is similar to people i know you know okay. so it's like I'm scared of the psycho hill bombs like Mason down, you know, straight bomb, no power slides. I'm scared of doing hard drugs and, and crack and all those things and, sure. and, and those relationships that 
you know, break your heart and crush you. Like those are, I'm a, I'm a more cautious, like guarded person kind of. And I just, I wanted to write a story about a character that was not those things. And, you know, the feedback I'm getting, which is so comforting and like relieving, because I was nervous putting it out. You know, it's like you put out so much of yourself and it's, you don't know what people are going to, how they're going to respond. And like the fact that people are reading it and saying like, damn, like I find this really relatable. I'm like, okay, phew, like that's cool. Like that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted it to be a story that, because my whole, my whole goal was like, I've never read a book or even seen a movie really for that matter that I think captures our weird little industry in a way that's authentic, you know, in a way that, in a way that's like, all right, this character is a skateboarder, but this is not a story about like making the team and like getting the gold. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's yeah. rad, thrashing, cleaning right. the yeah, cube. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted it to be context for like a, you know, a story about a, a kind of a sad lost guy going through a, a rough patch, you know? Was there a conscious effort for you to like, there was some dabbling in like names like, oh, the Cairo rail or something like that. Was it a conscious effort for you to not overdo that, to not be like, oh, the Muska rail, the, but yeah. to have a few in there? Because that felt to me the perfect uh, blend of I like, there was a balance. This, is yeah. a fic- this is a fiction book, but we're throwing in some nonfiction. Like, yeah. you know, some of these things that people can identify with, like, you know. Yeah, it was it was a ch- it was a challenge, actually, because at first I was like, I just want it to be all fiction. You know, I want this to be its own little universe. But I don't know. I just I, I kept thinking, like, there's no way to describe this spot without the history that is is real. You know, so I kind of wanted to make like a parallel universe, you know, or like a divergence. It's like, all right, in 2000. 10 something changed and you know like that's what we're working from but that old history is shared you know like the 90s and early 2000s is shared so there's like it's rooted in in something people can relate to and it has people have told me it's it's it was distracting for them you know it's like you're in this you're in this fictional world and all of a sudden i'm talking about the line mike carroll did and it's like what or i'm mentioning you know, like skates like Grant Taylor or Raven. And they're like, what? Like that's, so I, I just wanted there to be the blend because I felt like it was easiest to keep it rooted in, in what like skaters will know. And if a non-skater reads it, they can maybe Google that or they can like look into it. Right. It was really interesting. Like with the copy editor, she knew nothing about skating, but she was very thorough with making sure everything like uh, was accurate, you know? And so like she'd look up every single name I mentioned and she would even say like, are you sure you want to call this the Cardiel rail? Cause there's another Cardiel rail that was taken out in 2014. And like, <laughs> people might think it's confusing. And I was like, damn, you're killing it. Damn, like, Levi's. Like, yeah, you're right. There are two, but so, so it was, it was a weird, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough decision that I, that I still to this day, I'm a little like, how is it? Cause I, you know, there's mm. a, it's a fake magazine. It's a fake shoe brand. It's a, it's, it's a fake sh- corporate shoe brand. It's a fake set of, uh, mm-hmm but there is like some shared history. I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was the perfect little sprinkle. You know, I think if you did it more, it might've been what your anxieties are, but um, I think just have it. And like the nods were the right people too, like Cardiel, Mike Carroll, you know, I mean, come on, 
like let if we're gonna mention anyone it's like those are the dudes so it was i thought it was really well done what's that process like when you hand off the book to the copy editor are you just fucking a nervous wreck and how long does it take till you hear back from them yeah i it was like the last it was like the first time i've turned in a paper in a long time you know it's been i've I haven't been in school in like 10 years and that's what it felt like. Like, what's uh -huh. my grade going to be? Because I'd read that thing so many fucking times. I was like, this is going to be clean. This is, she's going to be like, hey, I need, basically, I didn't even need to edit this. And I was, I got an F. It had <laughs> so many errors. There was probably like 3,400 comments. It was, it was, it was insane. But it would it'd be, you know, grammatical things. Like, I didn't put the spaces right in the dot, dot, dots. So there's like, mm. that's a couple hundred comments. And there's, there was a lot of little things, but took like six weeks I think so it's definitely like twiddling my thumbs like waiting like all right because that was a step I needed to do you know <laughs> oh. yeah and and I can't remember did this come out in the pandemic or before the pandemic I put it out early December so just a couple months ago yeah okay so during like right yeah. in the okay yeah, yeah fuck dude that's that cool well sick dude I, I'm you inspired me to read if nothing else like right. i'm not a guy that does that my next book i think is gonna be this jim carrey book i've been hearing about i've heard a lot of good things and he basically did an extreme version of what you're talking about which is take a non-fiction world and make it fiction and so the reader never knows when it's real or not so he can cool. talk shit about like real people but it's a fiction book hands <laughs> off i was like that is the answer for 2020 <laughs> cool. yeah i love that well that's just a funny thing with even this book I, I just wonder if people are like reading too much into it like oh is that who he's talking about is it that person this and that and it's just like dude it's just fiction like they're, they're composite characters it's not there's some there's obviously some some commentary on on our industry but like it's not you know People need to listen. People need to lighten up a little bit. Um, what's up with the podcast? It's uh, old friends catch up. Yeah, it's your friend is Dr. Kyle Brown. Yep, and you guys each episode talk about either an injury or health or some way to prevent like that kind of vibe. Yeah, so he's. You know, he gets hit. He is a, he's a physical therapist and a skater. And, you know, skaters have found his Instagram and just like they just hit him up constantly with questions. Like, is he I up have north? This, he's from Calistoga. We grew up together, but he okay. lives, he, his clinic is in Santa Monica. So he's in oh, LA. Okay. So basically, he just gets constantly hit up with questions. And it, it's just too much for him to manage. Like, he can't quite, you know, he can't DM every skater. But, a lot of the conditions that are most common for skaters, it's a pretty straightforward rehab process. And so what he wanted was some platform to make like thorough, thoroughly explained videos for rehab programs and discussions about those programs or those injuries. And so every, so that's what this is. We just, we did it together. I get to be the, I mean, I'm producing and editing them, but I'm, but I'm playing the role of like, the skater who doesn't know anything, hey, explain it to me. Hey, how, how does static stretching work? How does an ankle sprain heal? Like how, how does Achilles tendinopathy occur? You know, so it's like every month we pick a new topic and then we have a podcast, a video about it. And we tie in pro skaters who've been through 
some of these right these injuries. have you guys touched on arthritis well not like osteoarthritis or uh any because we, it, right? we haven't to answer your question okay. we haven't so far we've we've done patellofemoral pain which is like kneecap pain we've done ankle sprains we've done achilles tendinopathy we just did plantar fasciitis have you ever had that Mm-mm. it's like a heel pain thing arch of your foot thing is it like and a so, hot pocket no it's different it's like overuse injuries mm. so it's a lot of it's a lot of those injuries that like especially like up 30 and up but even you know like i feel like 25 and up is like an old man in skateboarding but you just start to get these things you know and you're like what the fuck is it it's taking two months and i'm not skating still like what do i do and in his practice as a physical therapist it's a lot of at-home stuff you know it's just do these calf raises do this stretch this way and so we make a video that explains like how to do those exercises and then we discuss it and so it's it's cool yeah, is, is he down for supplements and homeopathics or is he more like a utilize your body type? Definitely a utilize your body and stretch correctly, strengthen. He's big on strengthening. So most of the stuff we do will come with like a program that is strengthening a certain part of your body that will like complement the injured area. So. All right. How long do you think you're going to go? Well, we have, we just filmed a new batch. So I have like 10 months of content to edit. So that's kind of what I'm doing most of the time is just editing these videos and, and these little podcasts. Huh. So I, I got to go at least another 10 months, but hopefully we'll film another batch. I mean, ideally, you know, we want to build a catalog that someone could subscribe to and just be like, all right, yeah, I kind of have this thing. I want to work on it. I, I kind of want to work on some strengthening. I kind of want to learn about foam rolling and we'll all just right. sort of always be expanding that catalog. Red, so the, the free podcast we do, like our last guest was Corey Duffel, which was tight because we were focusing on plantar fasciitis and he had like a crazy plantar, in, plantar fascia injury. I had injury. 43 yeah. surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> you could talk for, you, we could have had him on for 10 hours to talk about injuries. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, and then we had, so before, and then we had Dave Bear who talked about this like insane like jumping out of a window, busting his heel. And that Dude, the hill in. bomb slam he took was oh so <laughs> gnarly. Fuck. Dave Avar's a nut. He's the man. I love uh, You've probably uh, been on some sessions with him, right? Back, back, but yeah. not in a while. I got, sorry, Dave, but last time I saw you, you were so blackout drunk in the back of a car. Me and, and like, I'm never going to hang out with you again. He's like, ah! <laughs> and then the, actually I saw him one time after that. And apparently he said he was sober. So I was like, good for you, man. Yep. But uh, no, I love Dave. He's a rad yeah. dude. He's, he's one guy who read the book who was like, all right, dude, kind of nailed it. You kind of, you got some of that stuff, right. You know, <laughs> sick dude. Do you think there's going to be, um, an audio version? Yeah, I'm actually working on on getting a getting that produced right now. No way. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So Wow. I'm hoping that I'm not sure when that will be ready, but that will be really exciting. Are too. you going to have different people reading it or one person read it or what? I'll have one voice actor doing it. Will it be you or someone no, else? No, no, I'm not qualified to do that kind of that uh-huh. kind of work. Fortunately, I have a really good friend. I don't want to put him on blast yet in case he doesn't finish it cuz like like all the things I'm doing with Who else? Book, like all the things i'm doing with this book it's just very diy incorporating friends um but he's excited and he started he started recording it so i'm i'm really 
hoping that uh, comes together shortly and I can, we can, we can put it out and share it. Let me know, dude. And um, just a tip for you. I don't, I don't know if you're in tune with the Kindle, but a lot of people hate on it. And the mm-hmm. one thing I would say is when you get older and you start needing to wear these, the Kindle can enlarge the font. And yep. that's this, that's the game changer for me. That's totally, I, I don't, I love holding the book and I get it. I'm a vinyl dude. I got records out the, I got so many records and I love books and the trophyism of it all. Right. Like I read that and there's my bookcase, uh, you know, but the Kindle in this modern era for me has made it. And dude, you go to Hawaii, you can bring 50 books in this small thin thing. So that's when you want to read, you know, when you're on the, when you're on the beach. Yeah. That's like, that's like my number one, favorite type of book and that's what I wanted to write like I this was not like a you know a dense literary thing I wanted to write something that you could read on read on the beach on a kindle and it is actually available on kindle I have made it so you can you can you can download it now he tells me what the fuck (laughs) no you needed that one for the shelf dude you needed the trophy (laughs) nah yeah this is going on the shelf for sure have you read Scott Bourne or uh Who's the other, the guy fucking Nate Sherwood. Selling skateboards, not trends, since 2012. Edge of Skateboard Shop is located here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. If you need anything, come see us in person, because we don't do any of that online bullshit. Because I put some comment, I was like, I'm going to have Walker on to talk about the book. He's like, I wrote books too, have me on. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you read any of these other skater stuff? Yeah, so I have read one of Nate Sherwood's books actually he wrote this little short novel that it was like I think technically a novella that was pretty fun I liked it It didn't have anything to do with skating it was like a totally different type of book but it was good um I can't get a I've tried to get a copy of Scott Bourne's book but they're like far between I saw one for like 200 bucks and I was like "Uh, I don't know really I think (laughs) Toad has one and I was thinking about borrowing it just to read it I think that that's schmitting but uh yeah I've been looking I can't find them I really want to read it because it's also a San Francisco story. It all—it doesn't have anything to do with skating, apparently. It's just like yeah. his kind of adventures in. But it, actually, it does. It does. It, well, well like, there's some people involved that are kind of like what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, wait, is that Hansi Driscoll? Oh, true, <laughs> you true. know, like I don't think it's Hansi, but I'm just saying, like, might speaking be somebody. Of, speaking of him, he gave me a free set of wheels at Santa Rosa Park back when I was a little kid. What a ruler. Not so much give it to me, but like, hey, dude, looks like you need some wheels. I left some in the in the grass outside the park if you want some. And I took them and I'm like, oh, my God, these are like brand new. Were they <laughs> adrenaline? I don't know. I mean, they were used, you know, but oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that feeling of like, damn, free stuff from a pro. Like, you just influenced somebody. All right. Well, I got this thing that I just came up with. Like Jake Phelps, he used to always say fucking... Kyle Walker Ryan, Kyle Walker Ryan, Kyle Walker Ryan. <laughs> Today I took it to the next extreme and I'm oh, saying shit. Kyle Walker Ryan Spencer Hamilton. Beat that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Phelps would be rolling in his grave, dude. <laughs> yes. What dude. do you think Jake would have thought of the book? Would it would it would it have been too soft? He would it. He's not in it. It sucks. <laughs> Here's the formula for Jake to appreciate something. Every 15 pages, just put his name in there, and then it's the best <laughs> shit ever. Ta-da! Shit happens like that. I pay attention. 
right, even if cool. it doesn't even matter. It's like, now I don't know. He might. Here's the thing with Jake too. The minute you think you know the answer, nope. He'll he just. Yep. He'll be friends with the biggest kook ever. He'll. He'll go eat some like. You're like, I got you figured out, and you never do. That's I what that. was so yeah. great about him. I just do that. I miss the fucking dude so much. It's gnarly. I like I go know. to work, and luckily, you know, we've had a year off with this uh, pandemic. I've been working from home, but like, right. I just go, I've been in there five or a handful of times, and each time you go in there, I mean, his office still has all his stuff in there, and you're just like, uh, it's, wow. it's really hard to say or work or do anything with the word thrasher without having Jake in your mind. And uh, I'm, I remember it always like it's like yeah. I fucking live it. It's crazy. But yeah. uh, well, you're I, all these deaths, dude. I, I'm not down for the trends like, no, holy shit. This kid Angel just died like what, two or three days ago. I didn't know him, know him, mm -hmm. but he was friends with like all those fucking dudes, you know, that uh, and then Mark Water. I don't know. We could go. Yeah. I don't want to end on such a negative note, but the death thing has been like super heavy and it's just sad, especially when you can't even go to a funeral or a hospital and, and touch people and, and, hug, and, hug, and hug, hug, hug your friends when you that's kind of sometimes all you need after a loss like that. You know, it's just that right. that shared moment. So it's really, you know, can't i don't even know what to say to anyone out there this who's who's lost someone this past year just i can't even imagine what kind of what kind of song should we throw on the jukebox to fucking skate down fucking we're gonna go yeah, jones keep... we're gonna skip mason and go to jones <laughs> <laughs> yeah mason's is too have you have you sit, since reading it look, looked up at the top of that thing i went there because i was thinking about doing the intro like oh uh, you gotta do it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's fucked i don't like train tracks like if i'm mm -hmm. skating down a hill and i see those kind of things i feel like i'm gonna die for sure yeah no so. i know it's 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 one of those that like i i and it was funny before i put it out because i had to if there were little comments in there that i wanted to keep like somewhat truthful you know like if if someone had had or hadn't done it like i called frank because i was like frank like has anyone done mason and he called me back or i texted him and he called me back he's like so if you want to do it here's what you're gonna i'm like no no no. like i don't want to do it like i'm just i'm just wondering if you know how about many it. times has he got that call frank yeah. <laughs> i'm on jones do i go to the left or the right at the third oh mama yeah and then i hit up garcelle because he was like you should hit up you should hit up ryan c and, and he was like it was it was honestly kind of weird because he was like why are you claiming it i was like no 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 again like i'm not trying to do it i just want to know i'm writing the story he's like Pablo has this idea and I was like, Oh shit. And then it would, you know, like, of course it's just Pablo passed. And so I wanted to like, med, you know, somehow throw, cause Pablo would probably be, would be the dude to have like done a trick and then taken the whole hill or something. But uh, it ended up coming down to this kid Shogo from Japan who apparently had done it and it was on Instagram. And then everyone was like bouncing me around to like different people who may or may not have filmed it, may or may not have seen it. And then eventually this kid, I connected with him and he was like, which hill? I don't know. And I, I sent him a photo from the top and he's like, Oh yeah, very fun bomb. Like spelled it funny, all funny. And it was, it was actually a really weird conversation because he didn't really understand what I was asking. I don't think he speaks very good English. So it was like this sort of, it, it was just so much miscommunication. And wow. then he sent me the video and he, he did it, but he kind of power slid down the whole first, uh, first hill. 
but he okay. took Mason from the top. So oh, I gotta I'm see that. Good, dude. Sick, dude. <laughs> That's pretty rad. Yeah. Wow. It was cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's end with uh, my my song of the summer, dude. I was listening to this Bill Bill Withers R.I.P. Sweet Wanomi. All right, cool. That's the jam. It and made, then it just brings me to like a good, good happy spot. I was always such a Bill Withers fan. Somehow I missed that song in like my childhood listening, and like I just I listened to it all summer, and it still gets me hyped. Well, dude, thanks for spending the time. Congratulations on the book and your life seems fucking kick ass. I mean, it could be worse than being stuck in Bolinas, you know, <laughs> no, I'm telling very, you, if you get fortunate. bored, which I don't think you're gonna, it seems like you got a lot going on. But if you are and you got like a little itch to test your abilities to try something new, just fucking paddle out. dude. I know. Bring your GoPro, put it on your forehead, get the <laughs> selfie stick out, just kook it completely. I know. I can just be that kook, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I hear it for, for how hard of an edge Bolinas can have as a town, you know? Like, they're very, like, they, they fully, for those of the people who don't know, like, I probably shouldn't even be mentioning Bolinas this much because the locals would be like, fuck you, who's blowing our spot? Um, but they used to tear, straight up tear out the signs. So there was, you would never see a sign on any state road that said Bolinas. You better leave this shit in here. Don't be telling this is negative or not. This is life. So the state just stopped. It's not trying. easy to find. Well, they, and they kept, you know, they, they maintained that, that uh, exclusivity. But, uh, they, you know, they would spray paint tourists go home and like with air. Uh -huh. They just hate it. But I've heard that the vibe on the on the wave is actually pretty friendly and people are nice, which I was okay. not expecting. Yeah. It's kind of a beginner spot. So yeah. I think it tends to not be so local. Um, once you get attitude, you're usually better. So you go to, to better places. Exactly. The skate park's not bad either. It's fun. Oh, I love the park. And they just, they just added some smaller noping little, like they've added some stuff to it. <laughs> yeah, again, it sucks kidding, <laughs> don't come <laughs> but it's so fun yeah so oh I'm, fuck I'm, I'm dude a good good little california stint avoiding the cold in new york for now so it's good yeah well good catching up um dude, thanks for having me on and and most importantly thank you for taking the time with the book dude and, and oh, supporting yeah. it. it means it means the world when people like you you know take the time with it and, and want to chat. It like really humbles me and gets me hyped. We got Tony V on deck. I think, you know, a review from Tony V oh, will yeah. be a good one. Hell yeah. um, how am I going to follow up? Who's my next guest to follow you up? How, how do I keep the bar ra ra raised? Who would you, well, you who would you it. tune you in if it. you saw their name? You said it, Spencer. It's got to be Ryan Spencer and then Spencer Hamilton. Oh, right. right? I would actually, I mean, dude. I'm down for Ryan Spencer because I went to Hawaii with him for like two weeks. Yeah. So I got him and I don't know Spencer Hamilton, but he might be down. Oh, he's Let's, sick. He's, he's uh, okay. Down. I got to go do Kyle Walker and get him to True. come out the yeah, you week do before him. Or, or Sebo, or, you know, you could do Sebo too. Or Clint Walker. There's True. a lot yeah. of options. Yeah. <laughs> I swear yeah, Jake gotta... used to say this religiously. Kyle Walker Ryan. Everybody's Kyle or Walker or Ryan. Like everybody's <laughs> name's Kyle Walker Ryan. I was like, Jesus Christ. I love that. You get hung up on the funniest shit. Yeah. I was always tripping that he would even like recognize me. Like I would I wouldn't see him for like years and I'd be like randomly like on 16th and and mission and and he would walk by like 
you know, no offense, but almost looking like a homeless dude. You know, you're kind of, he's just sort of like trudging by and he's like, oh, what's up, Walker? Like, like as if I see him there every week, you know, but it would have been like years. Like, yeah. what, dude? You remember me? Fuck yeah. yeah. He had he, that kind of memory, dude. And amazing. he had the nonchalant uh, greeting yep. always, no matter what. It was like, yeah, you've just spent like six months with him. It's like, no, I haven't seen you in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, loved it. Yeah, well, sick dude, keep it going and good luck oh, yeah. to you with all these future endeavors. Let me know when the uh audio stuff gets developed and stuff. Be interested cool. to yeah. check that. I bet you're learning a lot in the process, huh? Yeah, I'm learning a lot with everything, every every aspect of this. I mean, just the the ease for anyone out there who wants to put out their own little book, if it's text or or even photos, like I'm using this company called lulu.com. Lulu is the company. Someone orders a book, it gets made and sent anywhere in the world. It's crazy. Like I got people ordering books from Germany who get it in like five days because I think there's a print shop in in Germany or somewhere in Europe that's close. So it's like it's really an empowering thing to be able to put out this kind of stuff on your own when you think there's so many so many barriers and gatekeepers like it's been sick. And even with this, like you just gave me a little, you know, you, you're like, dude, it's not 18 T park anymore. Kook. <laughs> I can go and change that right now. And then every book from now on will not have that, you know, like it's All pretty right. cool. Then if you're going <laughs> to do that, I, I, I was taking it easy on you, but the Cardiel rail is in Petrero Hill, not Bernal. Oh, Petrero. Well, it's like right on the, it's right on the cusp, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. I used to live there. Yeah, um, I feel like I nerded out on that forever, too, because I was like, is it where is the border? Because Bernal's okay. Cortland. OK. And this right. is uh, that's like 20th and uh, no, 22nd, I think. But it's right behind the uh, the general hospital. Yeah. The other side of the highway. OK, so that is a that is a key, you know, key yeah. note. But even my copy editor caught like so many other neighborhood distinctions, but she didn't tell her to one. Google map that shit. Yeah, dog. <laughs> Hell yeah. But no, Fuck it's, it's yeah, just a cool yeah. thing. It's, it's empowering. Anyone can do it. What about a tip? Do we take our phone out and talk into it and record our thoughts or do we sit in front of and type them out? for the beginning stages, like, what would you say? Like, cause you kind of inspired me. I'm diving into this idea. Like uh, maybe I make a 10 page book, Yeah, <laughs> but you know, story. but like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. And then I see it. And then later I'm like, that might inspire me to keep the next section going, or it might be a dud. I don't know. But like, how do you feel about it? Do you talk into it to get your thoughts out quicker or do you actually type them out? I'm, I'm usually longhand first. So like I'm, oh, I'm writing. writing something in a journal. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, like an idea, you know, like, or an outline for the steps that I want the story to go. Like bullet and, points. Yeah. Kind of. Or just like whatever little, little thoughts come first. And usually that's just more accessible for me. I hate typing and I don't talk into things. Like I don't okay. really put, I, I don't know. It's just not how my, my process goes. So I'll uh. write some, write a little note kind of like just to get it out of my head. I, I sometimes don't even read it. Sometimes I will if, if it's for like a reference, but it sort of helps lock in the idea in my head. And then honestly, most of the process is just in my in my head until I have a moment to like write it down. Like I find that putting together this story helped me help like my sleeping problems. Like I could just, if I was going to sleep 
and I'm stressing about life and all my my like real life problems, if I just think about the story and what I want to write in the morning or where I, where I, the character's at, that helps me just like relax and go to sleep. It's your and happy I woke spot. Up, what's that? It's your happy spot. Kinda, yeah. It's just like a a place to let the and then I feel like in your dreams maybe this you know plot problems can sort of like resolve themselves and little things like that. And then I just write early in the morning and then that's kind of, you know, if I ever have downtime, I'm just sort of thinking about it, but I don't know. Everyone's different. You know, I feel like the, the talking into your phone could be good little voice memos, but there's so much time required to like then listen again. You know, I feel like. No, no, it prints it. Oh, that type. Oh, cool. Yeah. So then you can copy it and email it to yourself and then start forming these oh, things. Yeah. If you need help on that, a good tutorial person would be Alex Horn. He's great at driving and talking and texting. <laughs> His talk goes to text. Like, Oh, that's cool. He's my favorite. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I've not quite evolved enough for that. <laughs> I haven't tried it. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Well, uh, cool, man. I might be hitting you up if I take this process the next step further. Sure, I might, dude. Yeah, you know, get some get some little ideas out there, man. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Well, withers it is, and fucking used Still to be it. my homie. Know now me. you act like sweet one. Know me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. This Thank you, and good fun. catch it up. Cheers. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, later, bro. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.